You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 118, Captain Beyond, live in Montreux, 1972. And coming to you from the ailing suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John Americano Matola. Oh, is that what the Italians call you? Yeah, the, Americano, American. That's the Americano. Americano. I think I think American is like you know the Jersey Shore way of saying it. Yeah, have to. Yeah, I always have well, to leave off the the final vowel, <laughs> like a nice rigot. Yeah. Or the nice brigitte. Brigitte, yes. Mutzadel. Oh, because I'm wearing my um. Just happened to grab oh, my yes. American flag tank top which is um, kind of a coincidence, but it's also one of the thinner ones that I own because it's like an oven in this oven around here in this house because it's like a thousand degrees humidity uh, for the next couple of days out here. And it's and, fitting because um, this is our final episode that we record before our 4th of July break, which... Um, and we're coming up 4th of July as of the recording of this. And none of you listeners will notice a break because we won't miss an episode, but... Because that's our commitment to you. That's that's the Deep Purple podcast promise, folks. No matter what's going on, no matter how crappy our weeks have been, we get together and provide you with all of this great entertainment. Well, all this entertainment. Well, even that might be, even calling it entertainment (laughs) might be a stretch. I don't know if it's great. I don't even know if it qualifies as entertainment, but some of you seem to like it. And we are very, very appreciative that you do. Let's just say um, thank you for enjoying our content. Yes. We're, pu- <laughs> we're, we're pumping out incredible content here. <laughs> oh, you said incredible, just like it has to oh, be neutral. It's like, we're, enjoy we, our content. We are, there's one thing that's not deniable. We are putting out content. So, yes. Thank Whether you. Whether it's entertaining or of use to anybody, that's up to you. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yes, you've, you've got a little, a little time off booked. What do, you, what do you got going on? What are you going to be doing with your time off? Or is it anything you can say on the show? Do I have to edit this out? Scandalous. <laughs> I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> um, no, I got, um, I got like a couple a, of Like a weird off. sex island. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going to sex island. What happens there? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? I mean, with a name like Sex Island, it could be anything. Everybody. <laughs> um, the um, yeah, this this coming weekend, uh, my brother and his family are coming home from Italy. Awesome. It's the first time that I'll get to see uh, him, my sister-in-law, and my two little nieces since uh, Christmas 2019. Wow, that's great. Um, in in person, anyways. Obviously, we've done FaceTime and all that, but nothing you know compares to seeing your your family and your, you know, your, uh, you know, two little, two little girls running around and playing with them like in person. So that'll be a lot of fun, especially since like my brothers told me that they're now certifiably insane or at least one of them. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, um, 
The other one's more like me, you know, just kind of a uh, weird introspective. The other one's just wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I'm sure being locked up in, in Italy over the, over the quarantine did not uh, help anyone's sanity. No, but, um, you know, it'll be great to have them home and, uh, yeah, we'll be spending some time with all of them. Um, mostly staycation stuff, but like, you know, day trips and stuff and, um, you know, New Hampshire, Newport. Nice. Um, yeah, whatever, whatever else happens. Some days just like absolutely nothing. Like, well, we'll see where the, where the weeks bring me. I didn't really schedule anything and it's kind of good that way. Cause I haven't had any extended time off since last March. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had like a couple of days here and there, like maybe a weekend, but I mean, it's just like, even I think this past couple of weekends ago, Father's Day weekend or whatever it was, I had like two days off. And I mean, it felt like an eternity, but it also felt like too soon. So yeah. like, you know, uh, it felt really good to not have to, you know, to just shut off and not have to worry about anything. So it'd be nice to do that for like, you know, two whole weeks. Well, we took the kids into the city today. It's the first time I've been into Chicago probably since Ooh, was COVID that? started. You used to have to go every so often for work. It was good. We would, There's a Van Gogh exhibit down there. So we went, checked it out. It was really cool. And on the way back, we were behind a car that had a little Rhode Island license plate sticker on it that said Block Island. And I said, oh, so the mm. kids started asking me all these questions about Block Island. And now they're, they're desperate to, to go visit Nana and Grandpa and go visit Block Island. So, oh, well, take me along. I'll, um, I'll, I'll hop off and uh, have a few uh, have a few in Ballard's. <laughs> there you go. My friend used to live <laughs> on Block Island. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Th- yeah, it's fun. I think it's fun for like a day. I've been like there for like a day or an afternoon or whatever. For me, it's fun to just like do that for like one day type thing. I mean, it's not it's pretty small. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, yeah. I haven't been since I was a teenager, so I, I, I don't even I know there's just, you know, it's a normal New England town like that fudge shops and ice cream parlors and stuff like that you, you know, can walk food restaurants you could probably walk the whole circumference of the island in what a couple hours yeah it's very small but i mean if you're gonna like you know walk around like the main area like um head off like the the place uh um uh, ballard's is like a a bar beach club restaurant i guess i don't know if it's a hotel i'm not sure what you classify it as but i've been there before um and um, yeah, it's like if you just got off there and spent the day there, just go to the beach, you could go in, have some drinks, have something to eat. I mean, you could just have a whole afternoon there and then just like head home, you know? Yeah. It's like not? the ferry takes that long. As long as you don't miss but, the last um, ferry of the day, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, then you're sleeping on the beach. Oopsie. So um, I have a question though. Like, uh, so you, you got some, uh, you got some young kids there. How did they uh, react to that Van Gogh exhibit? Were they, was that something they'd be interested in? They liked it. It was it was like an immersive exhibit. So they kind of like you went into these all of these different rooms and chambers and they had like a show that they were projecting on the walls that had like his artwork with music and it was kind of moving and stuff. So oh, they're okay. kind of buttheads. So they just they always want to just stay at home anyway. So, <laughs> you know, but they were pretty well engaged by because it, it was really cool it was like it was like interesting music and cool visuals and then they had lots of questions about about van gogh and then my son went to the gift shop and 
saw a Bob Ross mug and he was obsessed with it and he wanted that was his thing. So we bought him a Bob Ross mug that when you fill it up, I'll use this Uriah Heat Magicians podcast mug as an example. But when you fill it up with the hot water, it's a picture of Bob Ross, like the traditional Bob Ross with the with the um, with the paintbrush. And when you fill it up with hot water, like all the painting like fills in behind him. And he just saw that he made a beeline for it. I never knew he even knew who Bob Ross was, but he's just Bob Ross is a god. He's talking about he must have seen some (laughs) dumb YouTube video or something, but Uh. he became obsessed. And then uh, like he got it. And then in the drive home, he like grabbed like a can of water and he like put it in the mug. And he was just like, saw him in the back, just sipping it out of this probably filthy, unwashed (laughs) Bob Ross mug. (laughs) Um, Weird. He's a weird dude. I don't know why he's, but he is so pleased with this purchase. It was so expensive. <laughs> Some of the stuff really? there in the gift shop, yeah, it was crazy. It was like a wa- like a water bottle, like you know, one of those water bottles that's kind of like metal with like a metal little lid. Forty five dollars. Yeah. I'm like, hey, get oh out of here God. with that. The mug was oh, geez. thankfully not that expensive, but too expensive yeah, for a mug. Christ. Unless it's like a Yeti, get out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was it was insane. But it was cool. It was cool to get down there. And then we went to Jenny's Ice Cream. They have like a shop there and got some mm-hmm. ice cream cones, um, which is cool. That they, sounds great. They make really good so ice the, cream. Um, so the mug sounds like a, uh, a take on that classic like, you know, pen where you like click it and then, the, you know, the, the, the bikini woman's <laughs> on it and the bikini yeah. falls off. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, just be glad that he wasn't like looking for one of those. Yeah, well, in a few years he will be. Oh, well, yeah, okay. That's, you know what? Maybe you just be, he will be looking for one of those and you go, (laughs) (laughs) Bob Ross. So weird. And he's asking us all his questions about Bob. He wants to know about Bob Ross and his life and everything. I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. I didn't realize he died in 1995. For some reason, I thought it was much, much more recent. Um, Hmm. But yeah, Yeah. too bad he was only in his 50s. But. Anyway, this isn't the Bob Ross podcast. This is the Deep Purple podcast. Very few connections between bob ross and deep purple that i'm aware of Uh, please write in if if you think i'm off base on that one but um if you if you like the deep purple podcast and want to support our show there's a few ways you can do so one is by leaving us a five-star review on apple podcasts you can buy merch on our etsy store including mugs i'm gonna i'm gonna hold up this uriah heap mug to to model our mug kind of oh wait i'm sorry i got our mug right here Oh, you have ours? There, there we go. go. Deep Purple Podcast mug. Um, but a good plug for Scott's podcast. Yeah, all the exactly. Same. There you go. Scott's gotten we two, love two plugs so far. Um, uh, you can, we had, so we have mugs, we have t-shirts, and then you can become a patron on Patreon or via PayPal for as little as $1 a month. Join the Hall of Heroes, the champions of the Deep Purple Podcast and support our show that way. So we really appreciate it. And um, starting with our executive level patrons, we would like to thank... At the $20 Shades of Deep Pockets tier, we have Ryan M. At the $15 Highball Shooter tier, Alan Ain't Too Proud to Beg. At the Turn It Up to $11 tier, Frank Teelgard Mortensen, Clay Wambacher, and Mikkel Steen. At the $10 Someone Came tier, Steve Seaborg of NameOnAnything.com and AllTheWorldsOfStage.net, Jeff Bryce, Gerald Kelly, and Victor Campos. Thank you so much to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple Podcast. And speaking of um, five-star reviews, we have a new five-star review in. From, oh, good. We haven't heard one in a while. From our good, um, yeah, we haven't. It's been a, bit, a little bit of a drought for the past few weeks. But um, our good friend Simon Ford coming through with five stars from the UK. Simon says, John and Nate share their journey into Deep Purple plus all the roots and branches. 
We've all had those sweaty palms thumbing through the racks to find rare imports and memorabilia, and it's those shared experiences that I reflect on as we travel the road to purpledom. The tone of this show is dedicated, welcoming, fun, humorous, but willing to take on differing opinions to the usual handed down rule of thumb. Keep it up, fellas. From Simon Ford, Glastonbury, UK. Awesome. Yeah, very nice. Very kind words. Thank you, Simon. We've been in touch with Simon on and off, mostly on um, Facebook for for a long time now. So really appreciate the review. Thank you. I really appreciate that he put my name first in the review. As well he should. (laughs) Uh, Well... He, he didn't mention, but I'm sure it was the chicken and waffles that got him to uh, write the uh, review that generated more <laughs> goodwill for the show than we could have thought. I'm still wondering how anybody found that funny enough where they laughed out loud at it. <laughs> chicken and waffles. Unless they're thinking like, listen to this idiot eating chicken and waffles <laughs> from, a, from stupid a chain idiot. restaurant. <laughs> this stupid <laughs> idiot. I don't care. It was good. It was delicious. Where was it from? Chili's? Or yeah, Applebee's? it was. Uh, chilies okay no chilies no I, I don't no i don't think i had anything good coming out of applebee's in a while no i had, I had a bloody lip was about the best thing i got from applebee's last time i went i went, Ooh, I went no. we, we went to what? applebee's and t- we used to meet um our good friend paul friend of the show paul who was on our jesus christ superstar yep. episodes so me and my wife mm-hmm. would meet him and his wife in times square like tour like when we lived in new york city we'd do that like tourists just because it happened to be kind of the good halfway point between the two of us yeah. so we'd meet up and we'd be like oh we're Times square for of all places and we would often just go to one of the, they had a chevy's they had an applebee's so we went to applebee's one time and it's like i'm not i you know i come from the restaurant industry i don't complain in restaurants they brought me like a beer and it was like in a in a glass and it was like room temperature and i was just like oh, i'm sorry this beer is like totally warm could i get another one they bring me a new glass it literally had lipstick on the glass oh no ah oh. and i was just like oh, i'm so oh. sorry <laughs> like i'm almost not sorry because this is crazy but there's like lipstick on this i am not wearing lipstick um could i get another <laughs> one they bring a third and it's got like a giant crack in the glass like like a little chip taken out of it <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, ah, screw it. And I just was like took took my chances with like cutting my lip on this glass. I was like, <laughs> how do you screw? Because you figured like the fourth one. Yeah. The fourth one will come with like a loogie floating. In yeah. It. I was like, what's going to be next? You know, I'm just like, geez, uh, like I couldn't I couldn't do it a, a, a fourth time. I mean, it was just too much. But oh. anyway. Oh, my um, God. I haven't like um, I haven't like did I did I tell my my breakfast in Newport story breakfast in Newport or the other week. No, I don't think you yeah. did. I can't, did re- I can't remember if I did. It, it's like nothing. Oh, you bad, did. Yeah. You had a bad, like, yeah. I mean, yep. uh, that amusing. Yeah. Just like the, the tasteless French toast. Yeah. How do you mess up French toast? I mean, come on. Yeah. But, but even so I'm like, you know what? Something sweet will make it good. And the, the pancake syrup, which is, you know, that just no. like gelatinous, tasteless crap won't do it. So I, I, I'll pay extra for maple syrup and just like straight face. You just like, you know, all we have is that. And she pointed <laughs> to the pancake syrup and I'm like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm just going to have to suffer through this breakfast now. <laughs> yeah. Pancake syrup. I mean, syrup the view was a- beautiful. So. I wonder if that's just our, our New England heritage that we had more access to. My, my wife's Canadian and she's like, she is even more um, 
anti pancake syrup than we are, and that she won't she won't touch the stuff. Um, I think it would be a, a front to yeah, her Canadian heritage. But you know, we grew up in kind of maple syrup land too. But I, you know, I'm sure you know around around here where I'm where I'm now in the Midwest, pancake syrup is kind of the log yeah. cabin sort of thing. Is the that's like the standard. It's like depressing. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's just like even in places like there's like a small like mom and pop place like down the street, like um, from my parents' house. And I mean, you know, we don't like, you know, they, it's, you know, considered kind of like, you know, on the outskirts of the boonies. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, um, you know, uh, like uh, the city or anything like that. So it's like on a like um, like a farm and an orchard and everything. And they have a restaurant in there. And we uh, walked out there once it's like a mile, mile and a half away. And I think it was like a year or two ago and we went in and they had like, you know, breakfast and everything. And so same thing is, is like, they, they had like the, like, I was expecting a place like that to have like local jams and jellies and like, uh, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And instead it was just like smuckers and like, you know, pancake syrup. And it's just like, well, what is this? It's like shit? a farm you know, stand. It's and just like Tropicana they're orange. selling shit. smuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of like, but I guess some of those, like, you know, some small town places are just like, nah, you know, they, they don't, they don't care about being like, you know, local or artisanal or anything. It's just like, you know, just kind of like a, um, what do you call it? Um, like, um, uh, cheap, cheap breakfast place, you know, just like a dive, you know, a dive type of place, you know, it's just like, the, you know, and the, the little, the little blister packs of smuckers or whatever the hell you call them, just like right. really just low quality shit. You know, it's like, I know I sound like such a food snob, but it's just like, you <laughs> no, know, I mean, I think, you know, no, really, because I, I don't know. I don't, to me, I mean, I grew up wanting that kind of stuff, you know, and it's like, as I got older and I, my, my taste developed, I'm just kind of like, now I, I don't like it. it. To me, if I'm going to ex my kind of longstanding policy is if I'm going to expend the calories, I want it to be worth it and to eat pancake syrup. Exactly. That's like, you know, it doesn't taste like anything. It's just like, like, I don't like drinking. I don't like eating shitty food or drinking shitty beer. If, if I'm going to, right. If I, you know, beer is caloric, it's, it's, and it costs money. And it's, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, I want to actually enjoy it. You know, I don't want to, I'm not drinking beer right. for the, like, just to get like, Oh, I'm going to get shit faced. I don't care about that. I want it to taste good. And same yeah. thing with that. You know, if I'm going to exactly. pancake syrup and maple syrup, probably have the same exact calorie content and what a, what a different experience. But anyway, we're, we're getting mm. way, way out there on our, our tangent here about pancake syrup, but, um, yeah, on the food network podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I did receive my copy of purple. Of um, Bobby, uh, per our last episode, I received my copy of Bobby Harrison's book in the mail from the. Um, hey, there we go. So um, sadly, not there's a, a few pages about the Funkus album that we covered last week. Unfortunately, does not clear up any. Um, it does not clear up any uh, questions we had about who played on what track. Uh, so it's just kind of more of the same, but interesting, cool, cool little book. It's very, very short, 120 something pages or 118 pages. Wow, so if you're, if you're interested in the life of, of this, uh, of this gentleman then pick it up, it's available on a, I think you can get it on Amazon and a few other places. So thank you very much to Bobby Harrison and his friends. I hope he's doing well for sending me this book. Um, thank you to, to Stu Mills for sending it. All right. So this week, um, 
John is granted another temporary stay. We're probably going to try to bang out one more episode <laughs> this one more episode this oh. uh, week before he he jets off for his or stays around for his vacation. And that will be the dreaded <laughs> episode he's been he's been dreading for a while. Um, I think mm. we're like talking it up so much that when we actually do it, we'll be like, oh, this album's not as bad as we remember. Or most people will be like those bastards. That's my favorite Deep Purple family album. Yeah, well, I th- also think we're, we're again, we haven't listened to it either of us in easily 20, 20 25 years. Um, yeah, I think so it's we're at this really, point it's just become a joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's definitely, I don't have as strong feelings. I'll, I'll, my only feeling towards it is I haven't gone back to it, and I think there's probably a reason why. Um, mm-hmm. So, But anyway, we're not here to talk about that this week. That'll be probably your next episode gear up for it when you see it drop in your podcast feed you can instantly agree with us or get mad at us about our assertion on this album but today we decided again do a little bit of a shorter episode we've been throwing a few more of those in lately which works out well with our crazy schedules but this week um we are tackling captain beyond which is um normally we would ask our friend nick jones to join us uh but this kind of came up really last minute Um, And I thought it would be interesting to talk about um, this, which is their first ever live. There's this was their live debut at the Montreux door, I believe, festival. Uh, And so this is them on stage. It's a short set, much like we did Ian Gillen a few weeks ago, did a kind of a short set, although that one was edited down. I don't know how much editing is involved with this one, but there's not a ton of information about it. I reached out to my. My good friend Hartmut Kreckel for the, uh, the the Captain Beyond expert for the information just kind of verified uh, some dates and things. But this is uh, April of 1972 at the Rose Door Festival. Um, they were on the same bill as Gary Wright's Wonder Wheel, The Doors, which without Jim Morrison, um, uh, oh, Sutherland wow. Brothers and uh, Claire Hamill and Amazing Blondell. So I don't know. A lot of those folks, but uh, there's also a little bit of a quick behind the scenes documentary that's all in French. So um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But basically about halfway through at the five, five and a half minute mark, they show Captain Beyond behind Beyond be uh, behind stage backstage, getting ready to go on onto stage uh, for their deb- debut here. And of course, this feels this uh, features Bobby Caldwell on drums, Rod Evans on lead vocals and quite a bit of percussion. Lee Dorman on bass and backing vocals and Larry Rhino Reinhardt on guitar and backing vocals. So we have covered all of the studio albums by Captain Beyond on this show, but we have never on this show seen them play live. So should be interesting. Mm. And the video that I will link to in the show notes is um, is Bruno Sampa in December of last year put together this restored and remastered video kind of cleaned it up a little bit so you can find a few versions of them out there a few of them have the wrong dates and everything but this was april of 1972 that this happened so and let me just um check this real i think i want to say it was april 30th let me just see if i can verify that um april 30th yeah april 30th 1972 so there you are they're on the scene rod would have been out of deep purple for a couple years at this point and uh, there you have it. April 30th, 1972, Super Pop Montreux 
Swiss Broadcasting Corporation. But even though it's only 20 minutes, they they managed it's it's Captain Beyond. So they cram eight songs into there. <laughs> They're typical, oh, just like j- jamming in all these songs. So um, with that, uh, you ready to get into this video and, and see some Captain Beyond? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, before we get started, let me just share this with you. Make sure you're seeing that you've seen the video. OK. I'm not seeing anything yet. Do you see the shared screen at least? No. No? See, that's, we keep having this weird it, issue. It says that you've started screen sharing. And like it, it freezes on that sometimes when you do it. And yeah. it doesn't me, show me, me. Do you see it now? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's one thing I discovered in the last few episodes is you don't see it. You don't you don't see it the first time I do it, even though it looks fine for me. Right. But then the second time I do it, you see it. OK. It's very yeah. odd. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have to just start doing that first time before we start recording or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, before we get into this cool concert, of course, we are going to start with thanking our core level patrons at the episode $6.66 tier. We have Richard Fusey, Steve Coldwell and Arthur Smith at the $6.65 almost evil tier. We have Kenny Wymore at the $5.99 nice price tier, Fielding Fowler and Dr. Jill Brees. At the $5 Moneylender tier, Greg Sealby, John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Alman, Oleksi the Perfect Stranger Slepikoff, James North, Mark Hodgetts, Kev Roberts, Will Porter, Zwopper the Electric Alchemist, and Tim Southern Cross Johnson. And at the $3 Nobody's Perfect tier, Peter Gardot, Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, Anton Glaving, Andrew Meyer, Duncan Leesk, and Stuart McCord. Thank you to all of them for their continued support of the Deep Purple podcast. And before we get started, I do I, I, I shot an email over to, to Peter Gardot on his birthday, um, which was just the other day, because I was going right. through my 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 daughter wanted to see some old pictures of me as a kid. So I looking through these old pictures and I found a picture that I had taken of my dad inside Caldor as a kid. I don't know why, but yeah. so I sent it. So, of course, I sent it to Peter Gardot was the second I saw it. Um <laughs> Because like, why would I take a picture of my dad in Caldor? But I thought if anyone would appreciate that, it would be him. So now it's a family, a nice family heirloom, a picture of my dad standing by like an exercise bike or something in Caldor. <laughs> it was one of those things. He's like, Dad, let me take a picture. Oh. He's like, oh, fine. And take a picture. I don't know. Kids are kids are interested in weird things. Yep. Well, As you, money you evidenced by your your kid wanting to a Bob Ross uh, mug. <laughs> mm. Very true. All right, so here we go. This is Captain Beyond live in Montreal, nineteen seventy two. I already love it. Rod Evans ah. is going, going wild on that. He's got this whole percussion setup. Wow. Little shakers and cowbells and everything. This is Can't Feel Nothing Part One here. 
I gotta say, um, Rod looked really cool in this phase. Like, I'm so used to seeing, like, him with that really kind of, like, you know, short bob cut from, like, yeah. the Deep Purple days. Now he looks cool as hell. And then... And then his post, like, you know, really short hair look, you know, and the for the new Deep Purple. And this is, like, the more rockin' Rod Evans. He's got that l really oh, long still, hair. Still wearing the cool pants. Bobby Caldwell's hair has got to be down to his knees. It's so long. Yeah. The song sound sounds... It sounds way more Hendrix than I remember it sounding on the recording. Yeah, yeah, me too. Just assaulting that cowbell. Man, this is like really like he's getting a really great sound out of that strat. Here they go. <laughs> Captain oh, Beyond here can't be stopped. <laughs> I wonder if he's taking a page from like Gillen's book. He's like, oh, Gillen thinks he's cool with his two congas. Well, I'm going to bring on a whole a whole Latin percussion section. <laughs> it's all crammed together on a stand, too. That that cowbell is a little distracting. It's a little off. It's a little off time. Kind of like that SNL skit with Will Ferrell. Yes. Just shows you how true to life that kind of thing really is. Yeah, maybe this was the. Uh... Does he get the vibra slap now? Oh, no, it's that thing. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> it comes up surprising amount on the show. We still don't know what it's called. Arthur Smith or one of the other percussion experts that listens is going to have to tell us. I always forget. I don't even know what to Google to find it out. Like crazy percussion thing. It's a really crazy way to open a show. Like, you, you feel like they're already, like, you know, 45 minutes into a show doing, like, stuff like this. Right. <laughs> with, yeah, with, like... Right? Yeah, they're here, what, th three minutes into the show, and they're already going to these weird, like, weird percussion jams. So now they're going to Astral Lady here. What you or said no, is, is this like, as what, the moon? Eight, eight songs? Yeah. The so they... So they probably had to cut all their jams down and like jam, like jam them all in. No pun intended, you know, to get as much in there as they could. Right. Oh, maybe it's a flexitone that he's using. I think we've done this exact same thing on the show before <laughs> where I've Googled it and tried to figure it out. Many years have passed since your vision came. I wonder what the folks in, at Montro thought about this. I wonder if this is before or after the album came out. No warning there. Yeah, this would have been a, a couple months before the album came out. 
Oh, okay. It didn't come out till July. I mean, typically I don't enjoy music like this, that kind of like, you know, 60s, like prog, like, you know, jam band type of stuff. But I really, I really love this. I don't know if it's just the right combo of musicians or, you know, because Rod's in it too, or. Well, I think they, they don't. One thing Captain Beyond is really good about is not overstaying their welcome. If this was the Grateful Dead, the set would be like three and a half hours long and it would probably lose you. True. But they have such tight arrangements and songs and jumping back and forth. Yeah, they go into the Can't Feel Nothing, As the Moon Speaks, they go jump into Astral Lady, then they go back to As the Moon Speaks, and then they're going to go to I Can't Feel Nothing Part 2. So they're almost like doing a medley of songs from their album. Yeah. And like you said, if it was um, if this was before the album was released, then maybe it was them just trying to give the audience a taste of like as yeah. much of the album as they could with the limited time that they had. Yeah, Rhino sounded very like Hendrix like and they're they're showing they kind of got a groovy psychedelic thing going on and if people are into it. They got some great harmonies going on. It's different than the album version too. Not giving the crowd a chance to uh, cheer or anything. <laughs> no between song banter. No, yeah. Hey, how y'all doing out there? Anyone here from Montreux? <laughs> Anybody from out of town? I mean, it would have been cool if they they were told, OK, we'll give you 20 minutes and they arranged this special 20 minute medley specific for this. Oh, here it comes <laughs> again. Yep. Disappointed he didn't yell that live. Well, it's it's early. Still has a chance.
Look at those mutton chops on Lee Dorman's face. Holy cow. <laughs> Looks like Wolverine. Oh, Rhino busting out the wah-wah. So I think that's oh, like nice. their intro. Like, holy cow. So, Jeez. So I'll pause it right there for a second to try to try to you got to regroup here. So this is this is like me. <laughs> yeah. This is just a few weeks after Mark II does their uh, their famous Denmark show that we covered in episode number or whatever that was. Who, who remembers? But um, um. <laughs> and here they are coming up on the scene in Montro. And that's their like intro that's almost half of their set nine little over nine minutes of doing one two three four five i guess well really only three songs but they split up can't feel nothing into two parts um and as the moon speaks into two parts and do this weird cool which is really cool like the, to, to not not just mirror exactly what's going on in, on the album but what do you what do you think what are you making so far of this performance um, I like it. I like it so far. I mean, um, uh, we've talked about how live performances, like for us anyway, it's, um, it's better visually. Like it's cool to hear live audio, but like, you know, we've always liked to see the videos. Um, I mean, I think, um, the band looks really cool mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I think it's cool that like Rod has all that percussion stuff up front. Like you can tell they're really dedicated to like putting on a show, even though it's, you know, it's stripped down. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, I guess I do see the, um, the, the point could be made that, um, you know, I mean, in like April of 72, I mean, sound is, it, it's dated, yeah, I, yeah. I would say, you know, I mean, um, I mean, that's one of the things I like about Captain Beyond, but I mean, if you saw, if you saw that, I mean, like, you know, you're a casual music fan, the first thing that I would think is, is like, oh, what's this like, you know, 68, 69, and it's like 72. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's, um, I wouldn't say it's off putting, but I mean, it's like, it makes me think like, oh man, you know, if they, if they had just like, I always wonder when I see that, if they just stayed together and they developed their sound and they moved together, you know, forward as a band, what would they have sounded like? And, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, also I think that even though the, the medley is really enjoyable, like, you know, they probably could have arranged the set in a different way. You know, it's like, it was, um, it was really just, um, odd kind of choice of things that they did, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, kind of having that really psychedelic, like all over the place medley going on. But I, like, I do, um, I do appreciate though that like, you know, without stopping or doing any in between song banter or anything like that. I mean, they went through that whole, what was it? Nine minute arrangement. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta be pretty tight and rehearsed, I think to pull that off and not sound like terrible. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, you know that any stuff that we could dig up on Rod is, uh, you know, going to be enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. And it does. <clears throat> what do you think? It's, it's, yeah, it's funny thinking about 
how this is 1972, but sounds more 1969, which in a lot of eras wouldn't make much of a difference. If you were if you were to say, oh, this came out in 2018, if it come out in 2015, it would have been much different. Things don't move that quick, quickly now. The only other the only other time frame that yeah. I can really think of off the top of my head would be that whole coming out of uh, coming out of hair metal going into grunge phase where everything kind of stopped right, on a dime. Yeah. So if you had like a band like I'm, I can't you know like a, like a poison type a new poison type band that came out in 1992 or 93 and it would have just been like Ugh, you're too late you know if you would come up two or three years ago you would have been setting the world on fire but this just isn't if you'd come on 1989 top of the world 1992 nobody knows you and it's kind of a similar situation here right but but you wouldn't have that mm -hmm. in like say something that came out in 19 77 versus 79 quite as much barring any like punk or disco sort of stuff but even nowadays it, it wouldn't there's only i think a few time frames in in pop music history where that is kind of a deal breaker and that is probably like when we had when martin popoff was on the show he brought that up and something we hadn't considered and he's absolutely mm -hmm. right it does as much as we love captain beyond it, they like you said, they seem a little bit dated as great as it is. All everything he's playing sounds very Hendrix, uh, but Hendrix was three years yeah. prior. Right. And I mean, um, that, that, you know, that's what I was thinking of was, uh, you know, um, Martin Popov's, um, you know, kind of um, take on it, which, um, you know, like I said, was, was a, uh, I think uh, accurate and it, it, you know, it, it depressed me <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, damn it. Yeah. It's like, he's right. It, like but, it, it doesn't um, necessarily change the way that we feel about it. We still really love the music, but as far right, as right, I can see, you know, sometimes you can not agree with someone's assessment of music, but, but, but still understand right. where they're coming from. And there's kind of that situation. Like I know exactly where you're coming from. You have a completely valid point. However, I still enjoy it the way that I enjoy it. Right. Like that doesn't hinder my enjoyment of it. I still think it's great. But I mean, if you look at it from a like a like a pragmatic point of view, like, well, this is probably why they, you know, didn't succeed. Then, you know, you can't really disagree. You know, it's like um, I mean, that could that could be the whole reason. It's like, yeah, you're sounding really iron butterfly, but like three or four years too late. Right. Um, so, you know, that I can't disagree with. But, you know, like I said, does not stop my enjoyment of it at all you know i love the albums and i love this performance so far i'm looking forward to the rest cool. of it well then let's uh let's not have to look for it anymore let's kick it into overdrive with this last half of the set uh starting with dancing madly backwards on a sea of air love that song okay a little slight tuna that was things from an album that's going to be released in uh i guess two or three weeks Two or three weeks. I can't feel nothing. Uh, the next thing we're going to do is. Uh, Look at those bell bottoms. Great. Is, uh, or those boots. Dancing madly backwards. I think it's like colorful bottoms. And he's got like platform boots on, but he's also got like really colorful bottoms to his bell bottoms. Then you have Rod has like sparkly like dots on the side of his pants. Yep. I don't know. I think I think Rod like dressed really great in the early days. I always liked his style. It looks great. 
I'm like look on his face. He's just shaking that little shaker and he's giving like a real sassy look to the crowd. I, I always thought this was a great riff, a great groove. Yep. I'm trying to get a handle on the time signature on this song, and I can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> hey! It must be in five or like, it seems like it's in like, or ten, it's like 10 time, like. Well, we've established that Bobby Caldwell is an excellent drummer, so. Oh yeah. You know, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't a uh, difficult uh Yeah, his drum timing. arrangements are crazy. I love this. Love this breakdown here. This is awesome. Look at Caldwell. He's freaking serious. I told you that our friend Dan played in a band with Bobby Caldwell, right? What, a guy called no, Bobby Caldwell? Bobby Caldwell. Or this actual guy? <laughs> <laughs> if you know Dan... All right, that's pretty if amazing. If you know our friend Dan, that's that's a lineup that uh, I would like to see. He just mentioned it offhanded to me, like, like oh, a few yeah. years ago. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't think it was very for a very long time, but... Still kind of cool. He's tearing it up. Oh, yeah. Plays like Jimmy, but he looks like Noel Redding. Yeah. I know, right? I'm sorry. Like, Rhino is just a, a, a fierce He's fantastic. live player. He's really good. Yeah, nice little growl from Rod. See, I think this would have been better if they flip-flopped and they opened with this and they went into what they did when they opened. Like, this would have hooked me in. You mean, uh, like, close with you that know, medley? The lights... Yeah. Yeah. Like, if they started with this, if they started with Dancing Madly, you know, the, the, the lights went up and then boom, you know, this hooks you in, you know, opening track to the set. <laughs> I like Rod gets bored. He just grabs the drumstick and starts hitting that cowbell. <laughs> yeah. 
What is he doing? He just he hit the cowbell like four times and then puts the drumstick back. That's so weird. Well, that's a cool effect there. You got like a picture in picture of. Uh, he's getting the tambourine. Rod has like almost too many toys there to play with. They need to maybe pare back a little. He's probably like, that's written into my contract. I got to use each one of these by the time that the show is over or else I walk. Or I'll, I'll lose my endorsement deal with Latin <laughs> percussion. <laughs> he did the same thing with the friggin' tambourine. He shook it for like <laughs> 10 seconds and then he put it under his arm. 10 seconds might what have is been he generous. Doing? another kind of seamless transition into Armworth here. I know he's probably just a sound guy, but I love how there's just somebody standing behind the amps next to the drums. He just kind of walked over and put his hands on his hips. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like, yeah, some guy working in the background. It's like, yeah, as soon as these guys are done, we're going to haul crap off the stage in. for the next band. Or just some guy that wandered in off the street. Could be. I was looking for the bathroom, but uh, what's going on here? <laughs> this looks more interesting. Ooh. Oh, got a little, little guitar effects going on there. That guy with the long blonde hair. Who's that? He's like got a towel. Did Rod spill a drink or something? He's like got a towel and he's cleaning. He's like cleaning up the floor. I think he's all crouched down like no one's going to see him. Oh, nobody's going to see me. I'm standing exactly where Rod Evans just was standing. <laughs> now he's hiding behind the amp. He's like, nobody noticed. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Taking the, he gets bored with the tambourine very quickly. It's cool. They're kind of like projecting behind the amps, projecting like a. I think it's just for the TV performance, but yeah, like a uh, like an infrared image of like a close up of Rod. Yeah, it's like a negative like, almost on a red background. Like the Predator's view of Rod. <laughs> I'm right here! Who the hell are you? <laughs> I'm Rod Evans. Who the hell are you? <laughs> what the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, my, my neighbor wanted to show his five-year-old son Predator. Oh, my God. Like, what, are you out of your mind? Out of mind? 
And then my wife texted him the other night asking him if the new Loki show is appropriate for kids. I'm like, don't ask him. He wanted to show his five-year-old predator. <laughs> we need a, we're going to need a second opinion. <laughs> never really thought of the song that way, but it'd be a good one to get the whole crowd to sing. Of course, they're hearing it for the first time, hmm. so. Getting funky in there. Oh, here it comes. He chooses now not to do any percussion. <laughs> uh, this is the part I love on the album because the vocal harmonies are so great. Oh, yeah, they nail it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After all that, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very understated, but there you oh. have it. That's a pretty damn good set. Yeah, that's that's another one, just like the Gillen set. Wish it was longer. Yeah, I know, right? It's it it I mean it's cool. It leaves you it leaves you wanting more. But it is oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's a it's a very, very short set. Yeah. That's um that was pretty excellent though. I mean, um God, they all they all sounded great. Mm -hmm. They sounded great, they looked great, Rod sounded great. Um I mean Rod <laughs> Rod provided us with a little uh, comedy there. <laughs> in the form of weird percussion uh, interludes. Yeah, yeah. Anybody listening to the episode, you have to see it to appreciate how ridiculous it is. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to check out the link and watch the YouTube video on your own. Um, yeah, just, but, just seeing him pick up the tambourine for three beats and put it down, hit the cowbell twice, put the stick back down. The, yeah, the, 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 the spread of percussion stuff on that stand in front of him is, is, is a sight to behold. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, um, you know, just because it's it's interesting to kind of pick apart like the little things that are, you know, maybe, you know, funny or like, you know, wrong, you know, air quotes mm -hmm. um, with the performance uh, or in in comparison, like you said that the, the the famous Deep Purple Denmark show was, what was it, just weeks before? It would have been like, yeah, 
I want to say that was I was early April, I believe. So this is like three weeks later. Right. Something like something so, like that. Right. So, I mean, if you put this band up against them, I mean, clearly Deep Purple wins it, you know, uh, the, that Mark II Deep Purple. Oh, yeah. Um, just because of the 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 song selection, the way that they uh, kind of structure the set, um, you know, their their ability, you know, to, to play. It was just it was all seamless. Um, you know, those guys are like like even then, like total pros. But like with the whole percussion thing, it's just like. It seemed more, uh, uh, what's, it seemed less obvious or less forced when they were in the middle of a jam and then Gillen brought out the bongos yeah. and he was like, uh, you know what I mean? It, it really melded in with the, with the performance or even like when there was a, a point where the, you know, uh, Richie was taking a solo and like all of a sudden you looked over and there's Roger Glover with a, you know, a couple of big pairs of maracas and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and Gillen with the tambourine and everything. It wasn't like, you know, he, uh, Gillen walked over the bongos and he was like, and then he just walked away. Like he hit it like three times and then walked away. I mean, that would be kind of like, you know, spinal tapish for lack of a better word. Well, it's also the deep, um, the deep purple show was, uh, lengthy. It was, it was like an hour and right. a half long and this is 20 minutes. So to kind of jam in, it almost seems like why even bother bringing all of that percussion stuff on the stage for when you're doing like a tiny little snippet of what your band is like. Right. I um, mean, I also know that as a band like Deep Purple at that point, like Deep Purple proper had all of those albums behind them. They had the first mm -hmm. albums and then they had In Rock, Fireball and then Machine Head coming out. Exactly. So that's a lot more material. However, I think that if Captain Beyond, uh, because I mean, clearly they, they looked good. They, they looked, they played good. They're great. I say they looked great. They played great. Not even good. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. If they had structured their set a little differently and let's just, you know, take out, you know, like, all right, it's a performance film for TV. Maybe they were only given like 20 minutes, but like, let's just say they weren't. I mean, it would have been great to see them like maybe throw in like, some of uh like maybe like one or two of like um you know like rod era deep purple songs mm -hmm. and put the captain beyond spin on it yep you know like um i mean obviously when gillen left for gillen he did smoke on the water so you know maybe rod would they do a captain beyond version of like hush um mm. and then you know maybe maybe something else like uh you know that would be really cool like uh you know really heavy like um um, what what's the first song off the Deep Purple album? The self-titled. I can't remember. What? Uh, and, uh, oh, the self-titled. Um, Chasing Shadows. Yeah, Chasing Shadows, or or the Painter, or something really cool like that. And then, you know, uh, uh you know, um, amongst all of like you know, like a uh, a couple of like you know straight ahead rockers from the Captain Beyond album, a medley. You know, maybe you know maybe a cover or something like that. You know that the the four of them decided on. I think that that would have been a cool set for them. Um, it's, you know, it's interesting that you bring up Hush. I, I'm, I'm doing like a quick little search here. I can't find any evidence they ever did. I'll have to ask Hartman that if they ever did any of those deep purple tracks or or Hush yeah. in, in the case of a cover. But um, it's, it's... I mean, you think it would have made sense. It would make sense, but at the same time, it's kind of bold to just say, no, we're just leaving that all behind. You know, because they have... 
also all the iron butterfly stuff behind them too that they could have thrown in there and to get a little bit more but you kind of kind of admire them for saying you know no we're leaving all that stuff in the past we're sort of striking out with something completely new completely fresh completely different um whether you think it's stylistically fresh is is a, is a matter of opinion but they tried mm-hmm. something they tried to not just they could have been like a legacy act or partially a legacy act to get people in play hush play um some of those a couple you know kentucky woman play in a gotta devita or whatever and um filled in their set with some things that would be be a little more accessible but they were just like no this is this is captain beyond this is what we do it's different it's um it's 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 its own its own entity and we're not going to pollute it with any of our older stuff it probably probably wasn't the right marketing move but it was cool artistically that they made that choice yeah i mean i could i could see that too you know being like all right we're we're a whole new entity we're a whole new band we're not going to do any of the old stuff but i mean think about it right it's just like um i wouldn't even consider a legacy act type thing because you know we were talking about you know um um, you know, time. And um, that would be like a band like today, a newer band today doing, you know, something from an album that they, their former band released in like 2017 or 2018. So <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't right. even consider that yeah. a legacy thing. You know, that would just be like, all right, our band from a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, Hush was four like, years old at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that would, that would kind of be like, you know, mixing in like, you know, all right, here's something that my other band had success with. I was the voice of that band mm-hmm. or, um, you know, even, even in Agata Vida, you know, it's like, I, I could see them wanting to, you know, leave that out because it's like, all right, if we're going to, if we're going to do like a jam, like let's do one of our own jams, but maybe something else that Iron Butterfly did, like one of their shorter, heavier songs, or like a a, a tightened up version of Vinagata Devita. I don't know. It's like um, now I've kind of gotten into like this would be like my Captain Beyond like wish set list, you know, uh, <laughs> just based on well, based on how great I thought that that short clip was, you know. It's like because like that, you know, what it makes me think of is like the the Gillen clip that we saw last week. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like it had all that in it. Yeah. You know, he did it like they did their own spin on a couple of the Deep Purple songs, which Gillen had every right to do because he was the voice of those songs and mm-hmm. helped write them. And, and you know, and then they did their own stuff, which, you know, they they could rely on the strength of that alone. And I mean, and you saw everybody like in the, the, the crowd for yeah. Smoke on the Water, like they were going bonkers over it. Yeah. Even though you know? it was it was very much stylized in the Ian Gillen band format, it wasn't super faithful to the original, but they built, they still loved it. But it was cool, though. You know, it was cool because it wasn't the same. It's like, all right, if I want to hear the version that I've heard on the on the radio, I'll go see Deep Purple. If I want to hear a cool version that, you know, I don't get to hear, I'll see Ian Gillen's new band. Yep. You know, so. Um, but yeah, um, but for what it is like uh, for what it was like, I think that that was really cool and interesting and I enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. And I will uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention that um, I was off by a little bit. Uh, Deep Purple Denmark was March 1st. This is April 30th. So it's almost two months later. But okay. I mean, <laughs> two months, three weeks, not not a huge difference right around right. the same time, we can say. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that was a that was a, a lot of fun to check out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I did uh, <clears throat> throw out a quick before the show, a quick little Q&A uh, notice for anyone, if anyone wants to throw anything in so we can go through that. But um, uh, first, right, what do we got? I will say um, I would like to 
thank our foundation level patrons. At the $1 made up name tier, we have Els Murders, Spacey Noodles, The Poorly Sealed Leaky Mausoleum, Michael Vader, Stephen Somerville, The Concerto 1999 Fanatic, Raf Calf, Spike the Rock Cat, JJ Stenard, Hank the Tank, and Flight of the Rat Bat Blue Light. Thank you to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple Podcast. All right. I gotta find my uh, question. Oh my god, I've got a lot of notifications here. Let's see. Okay. Look here. Uh, here we go. Recording in a few hours. So, first question up from Skinner Reconsidered. What are five episodes of Skinner Reconsidered you've listened to ten times? Uh, it's gotta be the. Um... It's got to be the one that I guest hosted on. No. Um, I mean, you should listen to all the episodes of the Skinner. I don't know that I'm a huge fan of Skinner Reconsidered. Don't know that I've listened to any episode 10 times of any. I don't think I've listened to any episode of any podcast, even maybe twice. Um, maybe a few. Maybe a few I've listened to twice. But um, 10 times is a lot. But I would recommend uh, for Skinner Reconsidered. Honestly, just that first season is a great intro to the background of the show what um what the simple man is trying to achieve it's really cool and gives you kind of like some background of is it his background with the band and everything so definitely definitely check it out all right uh sean mcguire asks i should i feel like i should have somebody previewing these i'm like reading them cold here <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys make so much sense when talking music would it be possible to hear some of your original recordings i've always thought that it would be pretty good with your tastes in music Oh boy, what do you think hmm. about that, John? Oh boy, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that like most people, like I mean, I've always been like super critical yeah. of myself. You know, it's just like, um, I mean, when we when we played, I mean, I know you played out, mm -hmm. um, and recorded. And, yeah. So does um, that make me like, am I in am I in the Deep Purple Family Tree? So I was in a band with Dan. Dan was in a band with Bobby Caldwell, who was in a band with Rod Evans. Does that make me three steps? Am I? I got to look at that uh, deep purple family tree behind me. I don't see me yeah, over. Pretty I don't, much. I'm not on the. <laughs> of course, that's from 1979. I wasn't quite playing yet uh, with me or Dan. But um, well, you should just write Nate on a piece of paper <laughs> and just like a post-it note and just stick it I'll right just, on I'll there. Just write like, a, I'll have a string that goes all the way across to the other side of my basement and I'll have a post-it that says Nate, <laughs> <laughs> Nate and Dan. <laughs> like across, across the room. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like um, uh, like I was saying, like I was I was mainly a like a studio musician. Yeah. Um, I, I was never comfortable playing in front of other people, um, you know, aside from you guys. And, um, you know, even then it was just like, um, um, you know, uh, God, I don't even know where half of my old music is or all of it, or actually I know where it is. I wouldn't even know how to like uh, to, to play it now because it's all on tape. Well, I've but, got, um, so I've got your, um, your, uh, a solo album that you released uh johnny hurricane oh boy i've got it i've got that around here somewhere and that, there's some great tracks on that you do a couple oh, covers boy. that first yeah. intro song though is so awesome that riff that you you know you know what i'm talking about i can't remember the name of it no but i can't it's it's like a um, it's, it's like all it's all instrumental and it's really like it's, it's got a really cool riff to it oh you know what i i think i might remember um 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think I'd have to just like leave it up to somebody else because even when I talk to our like our friend Iraq, who we had done music with, like you know, we'll we'll talk about the old days and stuff, and he'd just like tell me things like, you know, when I would hear like a song or whatever, like and and, and be like that I would write, and he'd be like, "Wow, that's really good," and I was like kidding me i said i would be like that sucks i listen to what you write and think that's really good so it's like it kind of puts in perspective it's like you know sometimes people can be you know a little hard on themselves um because i always thought like you know you and him were like far superior songwriters and, and players to myself but yeah i don't think about that eh. but um but actually the uh the, the the demo that you had sent me a while ago that we never put vocals or lead guitars to um um, what was it? Summer nights? No, city C- nights. Yeah. City nights. It was based on that, the, uh, yeah. Based on judge Caprio show. <laughs> 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 it used to be, it was called right. city nights, right? Right. Right. And now he's and like, think- now he's like a, a viral phenomenon, which is yeah. weird. Yeah. And but- I still, I still hate him because we- he wouldn't let me out of that traffic ticket. <laughs> Cause that you were <laughs> lying about, but you didn't like the fact that he knew you were lying, but <laughs> But yeah, he was, um, yeah, we used to watch him on like late night cable access and Judge Caprio. Yeah. And now he's like a viral guy. You've <laughs> probably seen his videos. And uh, yeah, we, we kind of just wrote that song uh, based on that, which is kind of funny. But that's one that I wouldn't mind, um, that I wouldn't mind if it leaked, so to speak. But um, yeah, I well, think we you could, were we could put a few, most responsible. Maybe we could that. put a few little snippets uh, on here of, of, of like, some things that I don't have a ton of stuff like really mixed down, but maybe as a little bonus end segment, I could put something on the end here. Um, but or, yeah, I think that, um, I think your music more reflected, um, you know, what, um, whatever the, the question was about, like given our musical tastes, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, they think that it would sound pretty good. Um, I think yours were, was more, um, your tastes were more, um, uh, shown through, um, uh, the music that you recorded, uh, than, uh, than mine. Um, but that's my, again, that's my own opinion. It doesn't mean that I think it was bad, but. We'll have to do a bonus episode one day. We can break down one of our old songs or something. Got all the, I <laughs> got all the multi-track stuff so we could actually just like listen to it however yeah. we wanted to. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, most of it's just the fact, you know, it was all recorded in, my bedroom or your basement or wherever and it was uh you know the the, the quality of the recordings isn't isn't fantastic but yeah well you know what? i fun. think we just gotta fun. get over ourselves and just be like you know what here it is yeah it's not <laughs> yeah we're not we're not looking to you know it's it's easy to it's easy enough to put out and we yeah we had some fun we did some really fun stuff so yeah, that's that's basically it. I got good good memories yeah. of it. And I was I did I did a bit of playing out live, but I was always more I, I always really in, I I never was crazy about playing live shows. I really enjoyed being in the studio and yes. uh, later on owning our studio and barely ever using it for my own music. So I in, enjoyed that a lot. Um, all right, Ariel. Oh wait, that was Sean McGuire. Okay, um, Ariel S N writes: Is there any info about the song "Fingers to the Bone" from the Abandoned album, which makes any reference? or dedicated to Blackmore's departure. A greeting from Cuba. Thank you, Ariel. Oh, I'm sorry, Ariel's not watching us on YouTube. Every every YouTube video we have is banned in Cuba, North Korea, Iran, Syria. There's a, like four countries that every video we put out right. is banned in. So maybe it's just the fact that YouTube doesn't allow in those countries. But um, I've heard, I'm not hugely familiar with the lyrics to that song, but... Mm-hmm. I kind of take it as more of a 
as more of a like a song about uh, the the record industry beating you down. But I have heard that other people say that it could be about Blackmore. Uh, so I'm not I'm not sure. Um, perhaps that's a question to pose to the Ian Gillen official site or something. But uh, it's quite possible. Yeah, uh, I, I I mean, I don't know. At that point, it was 98. Would would he five years later after Blackmore's departure still be hung up on it? I think the fan I think maybe it's one of those things where the fans were more hung up on it than he was and maybe they read into it. Um, because they wanted to, because because even now, if somebody interviews Ian Gillen tomorrow, they'll be like, "Would you guys ever consider playing with Blackmore?" It's been like how many, like twenty eight years or something. Um, they still uh, they still want to ask that question. So, is it about Blackmore? Mm, I don't know that he was top of mind for Gillen at that point, but who knows? It's quite possible. But good question. Um, uh, 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 Prairie Pete asks. Will Deep Purple tour America in 2022? It's a good question. They've released a lot of dates for Europe, but I don't think they've released anything for America. So sure, hoping that would be great because that who knows, that could be it. That could be our last real shot to see them. Gillen's going to yeah. be, what, 77 by that point? My God. I mean, he's turning 76 and uh, soon. So, yeah, um, that will if they come to America, we have to go see them. You know, something definitely didn't really kind of appreciate pre-COVID was how, you know, I was aware of the fact that when we were going to see them back in the fall of 2019, that this could be it. But we just, we who knew what was going to happen a few months later. And now I'm right. like extra like antsy about any of these folks coming around and it's kind of mm -hmm. scary. So, yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, I'd definitely go. Um, sounds like somebody's, having a party upstairs. Um, Rye asks, uh, do you like Randy Rhodes' acoustic tribute to Mrs. Purple? <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe I should respond. I'm going to respond right now. I'm. Uh, we're recording right now. What are <laughs> you talking about? <laughs> we'll see if he responds before the end of the show. Um, All right, we'll put that one on hold. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put that one on this. I mean, the cover of Tribute was purple. I don't know. Um, uh, Women from Mars asks, what songs and albums, oops, what songs and albums, be they well-known or lesser known, would you recommend to newcomers potentially getting into the band? Oh. Okay. What do you think? Have we, have we discussed that before? I don't know that we've ever done like a, like, here's what we'd recommend for getting into the band. Um, well, I guess it means also means, say. do you mean getting into deep purple or getting into the extended family? Well, I guess we should just take the this question as, was, it was recommend to newcomers getting into the band. So, I well, mean, I, I would, I would think like getting into like actual deep purple. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean the, I would say like the first two, I would say like, I would say essential listening would be machine head and burn if I had to recommend any two, um, even though it sounds like it would be, you know, uh, kind of cliche. I mean, um, I mean, I love, I love in rock, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that I'd be like tempted to say that one, but I mean, machine head is like stood the test of time. Yeah. It's got really well-produced songs on it. I mean, when you're in the mood to listen to it front to back, I mean, it's just like just a all around great album. And, um, the same thing with burn this is just like it's another great 
produced album. And even though I could pick like Come Taste the Band or we could go shoot ahead and say Perfect Strangers or anything else, I think those two are most representative of two like really great versions of the band with a lot of great songs on it that, you know, uh, kind of, um, you know, transcend time. You know, they hold up. And yep. then you could go explore from there, like the the band itself or the offshoots. But those are the ones that I would that come to mind for me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I I at uh, running the risk of sounding b- boring. I mean, I think I'd have to agree. If you if you want like kind of the quintessential, if you had to pick two albums from you know pre Get Back Together, Deep Purple, uh, those two kind of define exactly where the band was and even though they're they're really close they're only a couple of years apart they kind mm-hmm. of signify uh, the, the 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 strength of the 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 mark two and the strength of mark three um doesn't mean they're necessarily my top two favorite albums but i think they're kind of most representative of what you're going to be getting into and they're very they're they're very kind of same but very different at the same time and g- give you a really good wide variety of things to listen to so yeah, I don't think I could come up with two two different ones. Uh, Richard Evans writes, let's do the Martin Popoff thing. Deep Purple in five songs. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that one. So, all right, Deep Purple in five songs. How, though? Because, uh, and that's that's kind of funny that we mentioned Martin Popoff earlier, and now somebody came up with a question. Yeah, Martin Popoff and the Uriah Heat oh, well. podcast are getting lots of free press on this episode. <laughs> Magicians podcast four times a week: Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. takes takes Wednesdays off, so check them out. It's a hat yeah, trick right you, there. <laughs> but um, check I them. Like, I just said know, check them out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> check Scott out. <laughs> Scott, all of all of all, them, all of them, all of him, all of the hosts of that show. <laughs> them. Um, all right. So Deep Purple and five songs. So I'm guessing that that um, that question would be like similar to like what I guess maybe which songs would you pick to be most representative mm-hmm. of Deep Purple? Because, you know, that's that's how I'm thinking of it. Um, oh, boy, you go. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm tempted to say April is a starting song because you know how I feel about that one. But at mm. the same time, it could lose a lot of people because it's very long. <laughs> it's got a lot before it gets to the meat of the song. So you might even go with something like like The Painter or something, like something really kind of rocking from Mark One, um, Chasing Shadows maybe even. And for like picking a song from... Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I guess a bit... Am I picking my favorites or am I picking what would best represent them? Mm. I mean, at that. <laughs> Sorry, I had a coffee. <laughs> um, oh, man. I mean, I mean, I guess like, you know, something like this, but you would have to really, you know, prepare for it, you know, like kind of comb through and like come up with a bunch of like reasons or whatever. But just like off the top of my head, you know, I mean, and again, we're sticking with like the classic version because we haven't or the classic 70s mostly version of the band because you know we are aware that there is much more to it like you know we're going like 80s 90s and beyond and there were all those albums but we haven't covered them yet and i'm not as familiar with them so i'm sticking like you know firmly in the like the the classic or beginning eras of the band Mm -hmm. and you know i i feel like not a lot of 
like uh, people that listen to the show are thrown off by that. You know, like I don't feel that we get a lot of criticisms for like, oh, you don't talk enough about current day Deep Purple or whatever. Because I think a lot of people that, you know, oh, we're not listen there to yet. the show were right. But I think a lot of people that listen to the show too were like, you know, firmly rooted in the old stuff, you know, and not saying that they dislike the new stuff, but, you know, it's like that's that's where I'm coming from. And I think that's why, you know, this, it's such a narrow scope. Like, I wish I could like pick like two things from the seventies and maybe some stuff from the two thousands, but I can't because I don't know it that well mm -hmm. or as well. Um, so I would say, you know, just based on my own experience, like, you know, um, you know, the stuff that I loved, um, you know, would be like, um, um, uh, be like speed King. Yeah. Would be one of them. Always loved speed King. Um, who the maybe the uh, the piano version that's on the the alternate? That's mm. one of my favorites. Oh, I don't know, a little twist. Um, yeah, exactly. But I mean, either version of it would be good. Um, I mean, it would, like if we go in rock, um, Machine Head. I mean, um, I really like um, you know. Uh, God, there's so much stuff on there. I think in like pictures of home is the first thing that comes to yeah. mind. Um, uh, let me see. Let's see. Fireball. Play Fireball. Like title track. Yeah. Um, what are we missing here? Uh, what do we think we are? I don't know. Let's gonna skip over. You're gonna skip, skip next. Place in line. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no. Um, um, I would say, um, um, oh, what's the, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on that. What's the second track off burn? Might just take your life. Yeah. Might just take your life. <clears throat> I really like that one. Might just take your life or, um, or sail away. Mm. I think it might just take your life. I really like that one. Um, and Hmm. I'm trying to think of something off uh, Stormbringer, but that it, one is really... It's hard to do. It, I mean, I guess it depends if you want to do all pre-reunion. Uh, pre because five yeah. songs spanning the entire 50 years is really hard. But, you know, five songs, like, maybe most representative or, like, my favorites or something, I would, like, you know, I would have to, like, really look, you know, more into it. Well, I'm going to go off the cuff, not thinking about it too much. I'm going to say um, I really want to go with April, but I think it's just too long and kind of inaccessible if you're if if and it's not. It is representative of a lot of the stuff the band was doing at the time, but maybe not necessarily of where they were going uh, ultimately. So I would say probably the painter. Mm -hmm. Bloodsucker. Mm, OK, that's a good one. Um, how many do it? Okay, painter, bloodsucker, uh, pictures of home, burn, and uh, this time around, O to G, the mm. show like the whole sweeping. Or you keep move, you keep on moving, right? But that, the, that shows like a whole like sixty eight to seventy six sweep, and man, by the time you get to that fifth song, you're like, how is this the same band? It's so many. You you get a taste of. All the different singers, all the different styles, and um, yeah, it'd be really the only the only voice you wouldn't really hear is Tommy Bolin. But 
Yeah, I would say like I'm gonna I would cheat and say like you know because um, I only picked four there, but I would say like Stormbringer or and or maybe uh, if we're going, come taste the band like a uh, uh, dealer. Mm, there you go. Because it's just a really it's just a really dirty riff, and I really like it. And um, you know, it's not too you know you're not getting too funky. Um, you know, some of the funkier stuff on there either. So, but yeah, that might be like um, that would be like a good like um you know maybe uh episode like something where like hey we gotta pick these ahead of time and then be prepared to discuss some type of thing because doing it off the cuff i mean we could go back and, and you know when you were like bloodsucker i'm like oh yeah bloodsucker i forgot about that one you know it's like you know you want to it's fun to take some time and deliberate over them a little bit and come up with a list um but but yeah i think that those are pretty pretty solid choices Okay, so Rye has gotten back to me earlier. Uh, uh, I think Ian DeRosier said <clears throat> his question was, is D Purple a woman from Tokyo or a strange kind of woman? Referring to D Purple. So that's why Rye responded and said um, that that's Randy Rose's D. Ah. So there we go. There, there we, we go. go. There we go. And then I guess I have to ask you, is D Purple a woman from Tokyo or a strange kind of woman? What do you think? Uh, I think a strange kind of woman. Okay, then I'll go with a woman from Tokyo so we can make it interesting. And um, uh, Strat Cars writes, doesn't D Purple work with Mitzi Dupree? Very, very possible. <laughs> very possible. Um, and then the last question we've got is... This might be a, a this this could actually be a whole episode, but this is from Walt Dibney Nate. Um, favorite song from each mark, which we kind of almost touched on with that last question, but mm -hmm. um, I'll go first. Mark one, April. Mark two, the controversial Mary Long. <laughs> mark three, probably burn. Mark four, this time around, O to G. Um, Mark five, slow down, sister, which is not even on the album, but it's <laughs> it's my favorite Mark five song. Um, okay. Mark six, uh, probably Ted the Mechanic. Um, did I skip any marks? No, Mark. Mark seven. Oh, Mark seven's a little harder. Um, hmm. I'm gonna leave Mark. I'm gonna leave Mark seven off for now. Uh, I, I feel like it's kind of dependent on on the on the day. I I I, I feel like the last two albums that they've put out have been really strong. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, there's, and I'm really. We'll we'll get into Woosh again very soon, um, but I think there's some there's some contenders on Woosh, as well as on Infinite. Um, yeah, I, I have a hard time with Mark Seven picking a uh, picking a favorite, but that's just off the top of my head. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, it's tough when you don't like. I feel like you ne you'd need to kind of have all the stuff in front of you to really yeah yeah but i would say like yeah i guess off the top of my head um just thinking about it like um 
yeah, maybe like, um, you know, Chasing Shadows or The Painter from Mark One, because clearly that first, the self-titled Deep Purple album is like the heaviest, therefore probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> ooh, Mark Two is tough, but... You know, I would um, I, I would say either or. You know, I'm I'm like cheating again, but I would say like you know, um, Speed King or Flight of the Rat. Okay. You know, something like that. Lazy would be another one. There you go. Um, Mark Three. Um, I mean, that's that's clearly either um, uh, mistreated or you fool no one. I can't ever decide between the two of those. Like, and I, and a given day, like I could, I love them both the same and one, I might want to hear more. So I, I can't, I can't pick like picking between my two favorite kids, <laughs> but I love them both. Um, let's say like, yeah, yeah. One of those. And then, um, Mark three, Mark four, Mm, I know I just I know I just said dealer, but I like coming home a lot. Yeah. I, I always love that one as a opening track, coming home or like um you keep on moving. And then the the marks after that I'm kind of not as familiar with, so I'm gonna have to stop there. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out my mark seven. Just, as I'm opening this up and looking through the track listings, I'm going with doing it tonight. Very controversial pick, I'm sure. <laughs> but I love that song. Yeah, I'm sure there's people probably yelling at me right now. Picking a track off of Bananas. Already starting off on a bad foot with a lot of people. But hey, it's a it's a hot track. I don't care who knows it. And you know what? We'll just say like, um, you know, Mark, Mark 2 reunited knocking at your back door. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true if you want to do. Yeah. And yeah, I knocking at your back door. Yeah, between that and Perfect Strangers is pretty, Go, pretty going tight, into the but, 80s. Yeah. And like even though we haven't reviewed it yet, like um I think uh bad uh bad attitude from House of Blue Light mm-hmm. I always thought was um was really badass too. Awesome. Well, oh and um actually you know what? I can even I can even go further. I can even go further. So that was Mark so what was JLT? He was Mark five? Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. seen I've seen all the people say that Mark five is deep purple. Mark two get it. It's all screwed up. But yeah, for all purposes of the show, we'll say that that's Mark five. Most I think most people agree that that's Mark five. OK, so it's. um. And Some people call the reformed the, Mark two Mark five, which seems confusing. Some people call you know, it Mark two like, B. It's just it's very confusing. Or they call it like deep rainbow, you know? Yeah. I've yes. That, that before probably gets called that more. But. Yeah. I would say um like that that's a toss up between uh, the cut runs deep or fire in the basement which I think are both really like I think fire in the basement is more classic sounding deep purple with you know JLT obviously you know yeah. um in there but uh, uh cut runs deep is like really like a heavy like really heavy deep purple which mm-hmm. you know is kind of like that's kind of 50-50 between those two are probably my favorites off of that album which um I um, you know, go to actually go to sometimes because um, I remember that album coming out 
um, when I was in Deep Purple, into Deep Purple, when I was you were in, in Deep, Deep Purple. Purple. Whoa! Yeah, breaking I'm, news, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm like Mark five and a, a quarter. Five and um, a quarter. No, but when I was into them, there were some of those albums that like they came out as I was a new fan, and so yeah. that was like yeah. I think one of the new albums at the time, or like maybe it had come out like a year or two before, or whatever. So it was like, oh, the the last one or the latest one, which I think actually the one that came out when we first got into them was. Uh oh, I can't remember the name of it now. The one with the dragon on the cover. Oh, the battle last rages one Richie on. was part yeah. of. The battle rages yeah. on, right? Which yeah, when we were not... getting into them, the ones you could find are the battle rages on, uh, House of Blue right. Light, Perfect Strangers, obviously. The, the right. nobody's perfect. Um, right, slaves so and masters. I, Those are ones where there weren't all the bins at around that time. Right, right. So I remember, like, you know, grabbing that one and being like, oh, I wonder what, you know, Deep Purple now sounds like. And it was just did not interest me, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then same with Slaves and Masters, uh, Slaves and Masters. I'm like, um, what did you what did you just say? The last Richie one was the Battle, uh, Battle Rages on. on. Yeah. Yeah. And that one did not age well. No, I was there. There was kind of sloppy because it was Production Gillen going was over and redoing all the vocals and but. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I can't really speak to that. Like uh, there are a couple of them, like I at least know that Slaves and Masters had a couple of standout tracks. Battle Rage is on. I remember getting it and playing it, but hard pressed to remember any of the songs on it because they really weren't remarkable. Right. Well, there you have it, folks. There's our Q&A for you. Um, haven't done a Q&A in a while. It's kind of fun. I'll have to do that more often when we have mm. uh, when we anticipate some of these shorter shows. But Anyway, I think that's all we got for you this week. Well, we'll come at you next week with an album that John is going to love. I'm trying to think if I can. No, I was going to see if I, I've got it right here. So I was going to hold it up and see if I could cover up part of it and, as a tease. <laughs> but can no. you? Well, I can, yeah, but no. I think it's just going to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> so it won't be a tease. It'll just be like a... Uh... Yeah, it was spoiler. Yeah, but here you go. This Pretty is, much. This spoiler is alert. Yeah, we want to keep you keep you guessing. And it's not yeah. as bad as, well, well, we'll see. Maybe it is as bad as we say it is. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, nothing will be as bad as War Horse. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident. Um, I think, if anything, we'll get we'll get some laughs out of it. It'll it'll be fun. But. All right, then. Until next week, my friend. We'll see you then. All right. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. Whenever we do it, we can get into a hard review of this baby. Look at that. Oh, even the even the album cover just makes me bored.